0: Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Made my appointment on Monday. I'm going to get another teeth cleaning at Today's Dentistry. You know why? Because they're the best. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist I've ever gone to, you can make an appointment as easily as I did. Just call 317 849 2933. How about the Indiana Pacers? It took them seven weeks, but they finally landed on a guy, Nate Bjorkgren from the Toronto Raptors. He's been Nick Nurse's assistant at many stops, uh, two in the D League, which has become the G League, and now with the uh, Toronto Raptors. Prior to that, he was an assistant coach with the Phoenix Suns, uh, credited at least in part with developing Devin Booker, Fred Van Leet, Norman Powell. And, and some of the best players on those teams, he says that he's very adaptable. That he is, uh, he didn't say this, but people within the NBA are saying that he's very innovative. So that's a good thing. He's 45 years old. He's a native of, uh, of Iowa. He played some college basketball at the University of South Dakota. Gloves basketball. Good. We like that. So of all the people who have been mentioned as potential candidates for this job, you know what, Nate Bjorkren really off the radar. His name came up, uh, but a couple of weeks ago, then all talk about Bjorkren stopped and and you thought it was going to be a guy like Chris Finch or uh, <clears throat> one of the other candidates, Chris Quinn, I guess, was named as kind of a candidate, Chauncey Billups, um, Dan Craig, but it, uh, Nate Bjorkren really was kind of that guy who was sort of a dim underdog in this deal, and why? I don't know. There, there's a great video. I posted it online on Twitter all over the place, uh, kind of a biographical uh, video that the Raptors put together that I think sort of show us exactly who Bjorkren is uh, a little bit, and that was interesting, And uh, but, you know, can he coach? We're going to find out. We'll all find out together. It is not the same deal, being a great assistant and being a great head coach. They require different attributes. Some people have the the attributes to be both. Some people do not. We're going to find out together about Nate Bjorkren, and uh, we'll find out beginning today at 11 o'clock when the Pacers have a Zoom call with the media to introduce Bjorkman, we will uh, air part of that or all of it. Somehow we'll put it together for you immediately following that press conference a little bit later today. That, of course, will appear on all social media and on KentSterling.com. Social media debate yesterday, Stephen Holder of The Athletic kind of brought this up. Uh, Should Andrew Luck's number be retired by the Indianapolis Colts? The definitive answer to that is no. It should not be retired. There's been one guy whose number's been retired with the Colts since the Colts moved here, and that's Peyton Manning. you got to be a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame, Super Bowl champion type guy. you got to be a statue type guy to get your number retired. But Ring of Honor, that's a different thing. And Andrew Luck belongs in the Ring of Honor, and and here's why. Because Jim Harbaugh's in it. All right. If Jim Harbaugh is in your Ring of Honor, then Andrew Luck should be in your Ring of Honor. Jim Harbaugh was kind of a part-time quarterback in Indianapolis during the mid '90s, from 1994 to 1997, as a starter. The Colts with Harbaugh, uh, they were 20 and 26. So uh, Jim Harbaugh had a couple of terrific games, and we revisited a couple of those games on Monday. Because the Colts, in their history, in the regular season, prior to last Sunday, three times had come back from 21 point or more, and I think it was just 21 point deficits, twice in the 1995 season where Jim Harbaugh was captain comeback and the Colts went 9-7, and seven, found their way to the playoffs, and then moved into the AFC Championship game and played a game at Three Rivers Stadium that's a game for the ages with a ball on Aaron Bailey's stomach that he couldn't corral in the end zone. Uh, uh, Hail Mary with no time left on the clock that would have sent those Colts to the Super Bowl. It was a great season, a great game. But you don't go into the Ring of Honor just based on that. Andrew Luck was a hell of a good quarterback for, for the amount of time that he was healthy here in Indianapolis. Went to the playoffs his first three years. Went to the playoffs his last year. He was a really good starting quarterback. I know that there's some bad mojo attached to his walking away from the team with, uh, you know, two weeks left before the opener. But you know what, for what he did on that, I don't think that was entirely his decision, to tell you the truth. I think he wanted out earlier, and, and he was told, you know what, why make a determination now? Let's just keep moving through the process during the preseason. And if you feel that way two weeks before the season, no skin off our nose, no skin off your nose, let's go. We aren't going to put you at risk until the regular season. So if it's a health concern, just keep working out and see if you can kind of reignite that fire. I think that that's what happened. Uh, But Andrew Locke left the team. People hold him accountable for that, and that's all well and good. But as long as Jim Harbaugh is in the ring of honor, you can put Andrew Luck up there, and Andrew Luck is going to outshine Jim Harbaugh in literally every possible way. Anthony Costanzo, we spoke to on Inside Indiana Sports Now yesterday. Good dude from Lake Zurich, right? Lake Zurich, Illinois, north suburban Chicago. And uh, Anthony says that he's healthy. He shouldn't have any problems for the rest of the year, at least not with the rib. And uh, so we feel good about that. When asked about the relationship between the offensive line and Philip Rivers, uh, Anthony kind of smiled. That they like Philip Rivers is a nut. We know he's a nut, and that's a beautiful thing as long as he wins, right? So they're happy. And he said that Jonathan Taylor is learning, and the offensive line is learning exactly where and when Jonathan Taylor likes to cut. But at the end of the day, you got to block where you're assigned, and you got to find the hole that's assigned. And, uh, and that is a work in progress for the Indianapolis Colts' offensive line. The Dodgers, they won game, set, game one of the World Series last night, 8-3 to three over the Rays. Clayton Kershaw was dominant, allowing only two hits over his six innings. And uh, so if Kershaw is going to throw like that, the Dodgers are going to win this series. But whether Clayton Kershaw is going to throw like that is to be determined. Because postseason Clayton Kershaw is different from uh, regular season Clayton Kershaw. Regular season Clayton Kershaw might be the most dominant starting pitcher that we've seen in the last 50 years over a period of time. And and maybe that goes back to Sandy Koufax from like 1962 to 1966. Uh, In the postseason, Clayton Kershaw, you can get Clayton Kershaw. We'll see what he does in his second game of the series and we'll see if maybe he can throw in one four and seven if this thing goes seven the dodgers are the best team in baseball the rays have an uphill battle that grew a little bit steeper yesterday as they lost game one of that series uh rob manfred the commissioner of baseball said yesterday that he loves all the rules changes that he implemented for this shortened season and they're going to have to figure out whether they keep them. But he'd like to keep them all, and and that that's just starting, just putting runners on second base in extra innings to try to shorten those games. Sure, great, you know, extend the uh, the mandatory designated hitter in the National League. Hey, why not? Although he's unsure about that, that's got to be collectively bargained. There are other rules changes that have have kind of mucked up the game of baseball and made it more complicated. Uh, so what are you going to do? The average time of games expanded this year to three hours and seven minutes, which is preposterous. Um, you've got uh, the average batting average in Major League Baseball at 245, which is the lowest since 1968. And in 1968, they lowered the mound six inches because pitching became too dominant in the game. We're back there with with dominance in pitching, although... And, and he, Manfred said this, and about this he's right, 60 games, you know what, is that enough of a sample size to really glean any meaningful evidence that rules have worked or that the game's got to be changed a little bit? Uh, the length of Major League Baseball games, it's just too long. I mean, my God almighty, are these pitchers being paid to go full on every damn hitter? Do we need five pitch counts against everyone? What are we doing? For God's sake, let just throw strikes. Let them hit it, right? Strikeouts are fascist. Didn't we learn that in Bull Durham? Of course we did. So so let's move to baseball. Here's what I do. This fixes a lot of stuff. Shorten accounts. Three three balls for a walk, two strikes for a strikeout. Let's move the game along, for God's sake. I can't sit there and watch an entire game. I love baseball. I grew up playing baseball every damn day. Every day. And nobody does this anymore. You grab your mitt, you grab your bat, your bat. you go to a vacant lot someplace, and you go play baseball. And you do it all damn day long. And that's what I grew up doing. I love the game. And I cannot watch an entire game of baseball start to finish. It's just too plodding. And it's not necessarily the length, the average length being three hours and seven minutes, up two minutes from last year. What it is, is the pace of play. God almighty, watching John Lester toil on the mound for the Cubs, pitch after pitch after pitch, nibbling and nibbling and nibbling, 0-2 becomes 3-2. When did it become okay to just waste three pitches once you get a guy 0-2? Why not get a guy out with the 0-2 pitch? Instead of wasting one way low and away and trying to get him to bite on it when he knows it's coming and he lays off every single damn time. Why don't we start challenging hitters 0-2 and and move the game along? Why don't we understand that the game's about the fans? The game's not about management and it's not about the players. The game's about the fans because without the fans, there is no game. Why am I going to watch a game start to finish when, holy Moses, you got no action and because of launch angle and contracts and all of that, what do we have with baseball? It's just home run derby, right? Guys are trying to hit it out. Nobody tries to go the other way. they got these preposterous shifts where infields are leaving almost the entire left half of the infield open for a left-handed hitter. Push a punt down there, go get first base. What what are we doing? We don't want to take first base? We're get, They're giving you first. Take it. You don't need to try to hit 35 home runs and, and cash, cash in like Bryce Harper. What's Bryce Harper want? Bryce Harper goes from the Nationals to the Phillies, and what happens to the Phillies? They make the playoffs? No. What what the Nationals do once they got rid of Harper? Ding. Crimeity. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? Or I'm going to go just off the rails. Todd Comby. Happy birthday, Dane Clark, happy birthday, Jim Hammond, the great Kim Winburn, celebrating a birthday, Sharon Bell, Lindsay Davis, the great John Doherty, celebrating a birthday, just saw John Doherty down at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday, said hello, had a nice conversation as we always do, Danny Burnside, happy birthday, Cindy Frost, happy birthday, Lawrence Candelaria, happy birthday, Mark Driscoll, Jeff Degler, Josh Weichel. Celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday to Josh. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment today. Inside Indiana Sports, now we are going to talk to Nate Bjorkman, the new head coach of the Indiana Pacers. I can't wait to get to know this guy. Uh and, and if you haven't watched that video that was produced by the Raptors, you wanna to get to know a little bit about Nate Bjorkman, I highly recommend it. We'll talk to you a little bit later today, but a little bit earlier today because that uh that Zoom calls at eleven and we'll uh we'll post the uh the talk with Nate Bjorkman shortly after that.